Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. In a world full of information, how do you determine what truth is? This week, we're wrapping up our series called Alternative Facts. Let's listen in. I was going to introduce myself, but obviously Steve went ahead and did that and covered that territory, so I don't have to introduce myself. And plus, if you guys haven't met me by now, then I don't know what's up, because I feel like I'm, I'm constantly out and talking about, or talking to people, so if you haven't met me, something's wrong. Or just come and talk to me, you know what I mean? Just like step, t- pull me aside and say, hey, my name is this. Uh, I would love to meet you. But anyways, today uh, we're going to be talking about probably the most exciting, exciting thing I-, I could possibly think about right now, just on the top of my head, which would be hell. You're like, what? That is, that's probably not the most exciting thing. Um, I was, that was a joke. Anyways, um, today's sermon is actually going to be called, well, we're all going to the same place anyway. Um, I don't know, hope, some of you guys probably bristled just at the idea of that. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to say just a quick prayer before we go into it. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be with you, giving us an opportunity to, to see you face-to-face, God. Um, I just ask that you would encourage us in, in, these, in these moments, Lord, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't put us in a place of condemnation, but you would put us in a place of salvation, that you are salvation, Lord. I just ask that you would convict us you would push us, that you would encourage us and in a way that would, in a loving way, God, that would change our hearts, change our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we go into uh, this sermon today, about 12, who's, first of all, who's heard of Sunshine uh, Music Festival? Who's heard of that? Okay, so some of you guys. So 12 or 13 years ago, a, a bunch of us friends got together, and we'd go to Sunshine Music, music Festival. It was probably three, four years uh, consecutively that we went to this uh, music festival. And one of the years, I remember specifically, um, I actually knew one of the drummers from a band that was at, that was going to be playing at the Sunshine Music, music Festival uh, he was a drummer of, I don't know if you guys heard of Big Fat Jam. They're more of a local band. Um, they were more of a local band. They toured around uh, throughout northern Minnesota. I know one of the band members. But anyway, it's in developing a relationship with the band, I specifically had a relationship with the drummer of that band. And, and that drummer, I remember after building a relationship and actually being on tour with them, they actually, or the drummer said, hey, do you want to go backstage at Sunshine? I said, that would be cool. There was a band called Switchfoot. Who's all heard of Switchfoot? So most, I feel like most of you guys know who Switchfoot is. But I remember um, saying, yes, I'm, I'm all about going backstage and meeting Switchfoot. And so I get to Sunshine, and everybody, every, every one of my friends didn't get to go backstage. But I remember uh, probably, I think the second day in, the drummer of Big Fat Jam pulled me aside and said, hey, here's that uh, backstage bracelet. I thought that was the bee's knees, the coolest thing ever. I was able to get backstage and meet Switchfoot. I thought that was the coolest, one of the coolest experiences. I got to meet, uh, the, the, uh, I think we mainly talked to the keyboard player. I cannot remember his name. He's a little a- Asian guy, but he was awesome. He loved the Beatles, and I loved the Beatles, and I, it was just a cool connection with them. But it was through that relationship with 
that drummer in that band, that I was able to get backstage, that I was able to have admission into a place maybe I didn't necessarily deserve, but I was able to get back there through that relationship. And so one of the questions I have for you today is have you had something like this in your life happen where maybe you've had a relationship and because of that relationship you were able to get back into a place that you might have not been invited to um, if you hadn't known that person. So the question is, do we all go to the same place when we die? That, that question right there should kind of scare you a little bit. There should be maybe some anxiety, some fear with that. Um, eternity is something that I, I feel like people make up. Like, what is eternity like? What is there, is there a hell? Is there a heaven? Is there purgatory? There's all these ideas floating around, but no one's really willing to look into what is truth and what's a lie and what is factual and what is a lie. And People just make up stuff. And there's all these ideas. I mean, you can go online. There's tons of different stances on what, what, what eternity is, but no one knows the truth. Well, let's go back to the fall. The fall. We, we live technically in a Genesis 3 world. So Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve chose before the foundation of the earth, or not before the foundation of the earth, but Adam and Eve chose to, after God saying, hey, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. Eve decides to eat of it, and Adam joins in. They both choose to go against God's word, even though Satan was tempting them and saying, um, Eat, eat, eat of this and you know they both ate so there is sin just looking at that it's easy to look around at the world and see all the evil that's that's in the world whether it be um, the stuff that's going over in the Middle East with, with ISIS whether it be um, the, the stuff when you flip on the news you hear somebody murdering somebody. You hear the horrific stuff of um, women being sold into sex slavery. You, you can easily look around and look on social media and see the evil that's in the world. We can all raise our hands and we encounter it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not something that uh, we can't see. It's, it's very visible. It's in our face. And so our soul, the center of us, our natural desires want to commit evil. Our natural desires are to go against what God is saying us, or telling us to do. So you can easily see that this world is broken and there needs to be some sort of fix. We know just by looking that there's a, we're, there's a desperate need for a Savior in this world. It shouldn't be something that you can't notice or can't see. The question is, what happens with that evil? Is there a consequence? Is there not a consequence? God, I'm going to go into what God's word said, God's word says, but evil cannot go unpunished. 
in front of a just and righteous God and a perfect God. Uh, you, you may feel offended right now that I say that there is even a hell. You may, you know, shy back. You may f- be frustrated, but there is a hell, and God's word is pretty clear about it. Um, well, let's look at uh, Matthew thirteen forty-seven through 50. Okay, so a lot of people view hell as some sort of paradise, some sort of um, sandy beach where it's, you might be hanging out with Osama bin Laden, Hitler, and, and Stalin, and you're kicking back and having some beers. I know, I know that's the kind of the, the imagery that the world kind of puts in front of us, but that's not the imagery at all. If, if we look at Matthew 13, Jesus uses analogies and, and, and strong imagery to describe what hell is actually. Um, Matthew 13, 47 through 50. I'm going to read up what's on the board so that I'm not flipping through my Bible. If you guys want to, you guys go and go, go ahead and flip Uh, in your Bible. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it, when when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets. But they threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not that pretty picture that uh, maybe the world puts in front of us of, you know, hanging out with Osama bin Laden or, or Stalin, Hitler, having a beer, playing pool, hanging out, having a good time in a fiery place. So to say, I was trying to find a cartoon image of that online. I could not find a, a cartoon image of that. But it's just from what Jesus says hell is, it's, it's a complete opposite picture of what, what the world puts in front of us. So God, in his plan, created hell. He designed hell to be a place, place where sin is punished. It's not painted as a picture that's a beautiful place. It's, it is a horrific place. Uh, let's look at God's character. As I think if we can understand God's character in this, we can see how God would respond when it comes to sin and, um, and dealing with our sin. So some of the arguments that that people come up with is is that God, well, how can a, a loving God throw somebody or put somebody in hell? Well, God isn't just love. God is also holy. With being holy, he's perfectly, perfectly morally pure. There's no blemish in him. There is perfection in him. So by sending people by sending people to hell it's what's, what's, it's what's righteous. It's what's necessary. If we look at 
Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. So looking at the scripture, God is holy. And so in his sight, sin ne- needs to be dealt with. And so therefore, hell was created. So God isn't just love. God is holy. God is morally pure. He's perfect. But there's also wrath that pours from God. And there is a, a fact that he is righteous judge, and he has to judge sin accordingly. God in his holiness and him being righteous judge needs to pour out wrath, like I said, because sin cannot go unpunished. Let's look at Romans 2, verse 5. I'm trying to use scripture to kind of back up what I'm saying. Hopefully that makes sense. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Now, Looking at Romans 2, verse 5, that wrath is being stored up against you. For those who haven't put their trust, their faith, and life in Jesus, that wrath is being poured up or being stored up on you until you put your trust in him. God's wrath, I, have, I, I wrote this down because I, I really loved it. God's wrath is his love in action against sin. Let me say that again. God's wrath is his love in action against sin. Having said that with the wrath and that righteous judgment. But God, in his love, sent his son to be love for us. So that wrath that was being stored up against us, the minute that we put our faith and our trust in him, that wrath is taken off of us. That wrath was actually placed on Jesus at the cross. So, let's look at 1 John, sorry, 1 John 4.10. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins.
last week we did the song In Christ Alone. I think it was, was it last, was it last week that we did that song, Elena? In Christ Alone, there's a, there's a lyric in that song. Till on that Christ cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. Jesus took the punishment. Jesus took, took our punishment. He took the wrath of God. Jesus became the perfect sacrifice for our sin. It was what Martin Luther called the great exchange. God in Jesus put to death our sin and gave us his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who, no, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that great exchange was uh, God taking um, our unholiness and giving us his holiness. He was taking our unrighteousness and giving us his righteousness. So everything was exchanged for his perfection, for our imperfection. So like sunshine, like I was using in the, the example, the analogy that I said uh, in the beginning, because I knew and had a relationship with, with my drummer friend, I was able to get backstage and meet Switchfoot and experience something that I wouldn't have experienced if it wasn't for that relationship that I had in the first place. And so it is with Jesus. We, with our relationship with Jesus, we're able to see the Father, spend time with the Father. It's through the relationship that we have, Jesus, that we have access into the kingdom of heaven. So as we see in Matthew chapter 13, there is a hell, and it is a reality, and there is eternity beyond this, beyond this life, and there should be some sort of urgency that is stored up in our hearts. We can't ignore, we can't ignore eternity. Eternity should be something that propels us forward and that pushes us forward to do, to live out a purpose that Christ has placed on our lives. Eternity is something for us to be urgent about. It's our responsibility to respond to eternity, to respond to hell being an eternity where, where people go for unrepentant hearts, rebellion against God. So it's our responsibility to invest in people, to love in people, to serve people, to encourage people, to deposit relationships into people. Because we don't know where they're headed. And the only way we can figure out where they're headed is if we invest in people and love people. I want to read from uh, Luke 19.10. For the, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is our responsibility. This is where we need to take ownerships of our faith. If we put our faith, our hope, our, our life, if we give our life to Jesus, we are called to be responsible for our faith. 
We are called to respond in a way that pursues people, that seeks out people, that loves people. I want to show a, a clip at the end here. Um, but before we go into it, who has seen Hacksaw Ridge? So just a, just a few of you guys. Okay. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge is a uh, World War II-based movie on uh, this guy named Desmond Doss. And he doesn't take a weapon into war. His responsibility, I mean, he's, as a Christian, his responsibility is, I'm going to go into, these war, into this war to save people. He was a medic. And so he didn't carry a weapon. He felt the conviction of not carrying a weapon. But there was... In the beginning of the movie, everybody, there was, uh, I think his girlfriend at the time and who we actually later married, he's like, I feel like I have to go. He felt like he was called to go. All of his friends were going to war, and he was the only one staying back, but he felt like he had to go. It was his calling to go serve his country. And in so doing that, he served his country, but he just, he, he didn't feel the need to carry a weapon, so he, he was a medic. And uh, I'm going to show a clip here. It's a few minutes, but during the clip, there's like a second of, uh, of some gore. So just close your eyes if you, feel <laughs> if you feel like you can't handle it or can't stomach it, because I know that when I watch this movie, I couldn't barely stomach it. Uh, but... Uh, we're going to watch the clip. Uh. Good. Okay, we got you. We got you. You up. You ready to get out of here? I sure am. Please, Lord. Help me get one more. Help me get one more. Let me get one more. One more. Let me get one more. Uh. 
Hopefully you guys actually saw that. That was kind of a little bit hard to see. Did you? most of you guys saw that? Okay. So there's people out on the, on the top of this hill. And there was a moment in the movie where he kind of stops. And he says, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? What do you want me to do? And some guy further out yells, save me, save me, save me, before this started happening. And he answered the call. He went out when this guy was dying, when there was maybe no hope. And we're called to, as Christians, to reach out to people, to love people, to offer salvation. We can't be salvation for people. Jesus is the salvation for people, but we can offer salvation to people. Opening up our mouth when we need to open up our mouth. Opening up our lives when we need to open up our lives. Being available to people when people need help with something. It's our responsibility to own, or maybe not own, but it's our responsibility. No, it is our responsibility to own our sin and to own our faith and respond to the call that's been placed on our lives, which is reaching out to people. So my challenge for you guys today, as seeing this clip, is to reach out to people and simply love people. Like Nathan said in the sermon last week, to simply just love people because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And destinations are changed when when salvation uh, through Jesus is, is offered to people. I just want to say a quick prayer before we leave today. Hopefully that pushed you, encouraged you in, in some sort of matter. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, I just ask that this was timely for some people that maybe be scared of investing in a relationship in somebody, Lord. I just ask that... Um, that your words would take root in their lives, God, that they would be encouraged to invest in relationships with people, not label people, but love people, God. Yes, people are sinners, but I just ask that we love them and we look past their sin and we would love them with a purpose that this person has, the, has a chance to be identified as uh, a Christian has the chance to be identified in Christ Jesus. God, I just ask that we would be available f- for people that are in desperate need, that are dying, God, that are hurting. That we would offer that salvation, that we would speak when the chance uh, to speak comes up, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. We want to be able to walk with you and beside you as you go throughout life. So if you ever have a need for prayer, we want to be able to pray with you. Please email us at motioncityprayer at gmail.com. We would also love to have you join us in person next week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Falwell School of Performing Arts. We hope you have a fantastic week.